0: Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the Ty reed movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. Oh,
1: sorry. I was just waking up from my screening of Uncharted. Sorry.
0: Ooh, that bad, huh? Uh, I'm William
1: see. William Johnson. You sound a like an
0: American version of the disinterested Antonio Banderas.
1: Oh well, yeah, we'll get into that. Cause, yeah, um, I think
0: we will too. All right, yeah, we'll talk about that, uh, folks. We're damn glad to have you, ladies and gentlemen. This is all for tantrum sake. We're shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate in the end we encourage you all to love what you love but for now the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on this week we're on the new release track we're talking about uncharted as you can tell recommended by the press people who give us these screenings and our format is this (laughs) we're here to pay the bills folks um the uh, bills that's a funny way of putting it too none of us get paid for this shit so the recommending mm. lover goes first, and uh, after my Rotten review on Rotten Tomatoes, I somehow still am the higher person to be the lover. I will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower my ship with gold and state any high-minded case. The that up, was on more clever
1: side. than the script, so. Yeah. Oh, for boy, Uncharted. I yeah.
0: You can tell this was a collection of cocktail napkins, but... We're getting ahead of ourselves. The hater, William Johnson, naturally will follow with his five uninterrupted minutes to, show, uh, to present his counterpoints in any manner of intellectual scorched earth. Hopefully he has a Zippo lighter that does a better job than the bit that this one does of can't lighting. Uh,
1: how you reminded me of the classic scene with the lighter.
0: Oh, God. Boy, Thanks they, for reminding me. They drill that into the ground, don't they? Man, <laughs> folks, if you can't tell, we're going to have a good show. After that, we're going to open it up to about 15 to 30 minutes of shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy. So grab your non-existent map, grab your non-existent partner, get your Grecian formula in your hair to look as young as Mark Wahlberg, and let's go. Oh, I know. I know. So Uncharted, <sighs> and I have to go first here. All right. So. Yeah. Oh, man. So. I admit I've been that guy and I've been on the guy in social media. I've been the guy here in our airwaves that says, you know, Tom Holland does not have adult charm where Mm. he his boyish charm is wonderful for what it is. And it suits him in plenty of roles and places, but it has not served him well to do something more adult than the teeny bobber stuff that he's been into and what has made him, you know, super successful. Spider-Man and Peter Parker when he is asked to not necessarily act his age but just to be more mature he's either he either can't hang he either can't really bring himself from an acting standpoint to that part or the script does him no favors and he was my biggest fear walking into uncharted i'm sitting here i mean i don't know the video games and not a gamer i kind of did some youtube digging of history like and i kind of did like the jack reacher thing where like all right what's the character description and I look online and it's, like, you know, square jawed, good looking guy, five o'clock shadow, broad shouldered buff dude. And I'm like, that ain't Tom Holland. <laughs> you know, that's that's right there with Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher, who's supposed to be a six foot five brick shithouse. But what keeps Tom Cruise d- decent in Jack Reacher and a little bit of Tom Holland decent in, in Uncharted is barring the physical things or at least the physical differences in, from the outside. They can act the part that is required of them from whatever mentality standpoint or whatever man of action standpoint and Tom Cruise all five foot two of them or whatever the man is kicks ass in Jack Reacher and for the most part in Uncharted Tom Holland thanks to his extreme athleticism and his willingness to kind of get out there smile and do stunts and have that boyish charm on kind of pulls this off at least from an from entertaining value but man oh man while he's doing his level best to, Hey, I can do this part. I can do a franchise. That's not Spider-Man. And I can be a leading man in an adventure film. He gets saddled with a script and an ensemble that will not let people forget that he's young and boyish looking. And my review piles on a zillion things about this. All save some of those for the, the second half of the five, but the movie, in a way, sabotages Tom Holland because not for not longer than two minutes at a time, is he not a kid or Nate instead of Nathan, or he needs help tying a tie, or there's a puberty joke or some silly thing where he's 25 years old and they're him like he's 17, and at some point, the guy needs to just let him be 25. And I'll throw a comparison here, and i I'll do it early in terms of where we are in our discussion, but I thought, all right, has anyone else kind of been this close to being boyish charm but still perceived as like an attainable you know solid, mature, even sexy man and i and I go straight to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise when he made Top Gun was twenty four and you watch that movie other than James Tolkien busting some balls for two seconds at the beginning, no one in that movie does a hey kid shit to Tom Cruise. No one in that movie looks down on him as being, oh, he's just so smiling and cute. No, he is a man of action. He's a sexy individual, a person who's willing to go out there and get his shit and go. The movie is grants him that with a damn good script and serious adventure and stakes that put him in a place to succeed. This movie does not do that for Tom Holland, and it's a damn shame because this game and the, you know, the world that it is with the global trotting adventure could be a lot of fun, could be really interesting, could be thrilling. And he's got the physicality to pull all that off. And if you could shave all that dumb, low-hanging fruit of how young he looks, especially next to Mark Wahlberg, who at 50 isn't the 65-year-old person that's supposed to be the Sully character and, of course, has been attached to this movie for a decade and knowing the ball hog that Mark Wahlberg is, he should just steal the movie already. Because that's what Mark Wahlberg does. He steals all the air when he can. Now, granted, he's given a bit of a backseat in this movie from his usual ball hogness. But at the same time, I watch him do his thing. I watch Mark Wahlberg be Mark Wahlberg. And I'm like, you know what? That's Nathan Drake. Why? Do, why? Even though he's 50, he looks great. He could have just been the guy. Um, instead of wasting our time efforting with Tom Holland. And it's not Holland's fault. It's the script's fault. And it's a damn shame.
1: dang no you know this is going to be the weird part uh let me get my stopwatch ready i should have it up already because i've been uh coaching track for the last week and i've all i've used is the goddamn stopwatch app but uh all right let's go five minutes um this is going to be the weird part folks because um as many of you know from prior episodes and things like that uh i'm a big Tom Holland defender our third episode of this podcast was about Cherry which I defended I thought it was an excellent film I thought Tom Holland was adult and excellent in it um and I often defend Tom Holland not only to Don but to many others because um I think he has a, a very good skill set and is a I just think he's a great actor you know um you know not every actor in the world, uh, you know, can be a chameleon and some have certain tendencies and ticks and habits and things like that. And uh, I, I think he's, you know, if they use, if you use Tom Holland properly, he's a very effective, solid actor. And I, and I like I said, I, I think it goes beyond just the Spider-Man stuff. I think he was excellent in cherry and, you know, he's been in some other things and and he's been in some stuff that hasn't worked, but so has every other actor in the, in the world. So I give him a pass. And it, frankly, he was the only reason why I was actually excited to see, um, uncharted. And I, when I say excited, I, I mean just that I had any interest whatsoever to see it. Um, and guess what uh, me, uh, the Tom Holland defender, uh, the Marvel shill. Uh, I think he's miscast in this movie. Um, I don't think they are using his talents appropriately. I, I actually think of this as, um, similar to what they do with Chris Pratt in the Jurassic world films or the forever war or whatever action movies they put him in. Same thing with Ben Affleck. Like when they've tried to make him an action star, you're taking and stripping out the interesting qualities that they can bring to the screen and replacing it with what you think people want to see. So sure. Does Tom Holland look great? You know, with his shirt off, you know, can he perform some of these action moves? Um, sure, he can. Uh, and there, there is moments, you know, when uh, that he's talking about his brother, you know, where you can see that power that he has as an emotional actor. You can see it in his eyes and things like that. He's a great crier. Uh, there's not enough of that in the movie. And they're mostly just saying, hey, look at how cool Tom Holland can be physically. And that's just not his skill set. Um, and it's funny that Don is thinking that Mark Wahlberg should have just stole the movie because first of all, there are entire scenes in this movie where it's very clear Mark Wahlberg was like, pay me my money. Uh, I won't do any action., uh, you can have the other two people do that. And I'll literally just stay on a phone and uh, you know, talk exposition and ask if everyone's okay after they've been through a harrowing experience. I mean, there's literally a 10 minute section of this film where Mark Wahlberg stands around with a phone and literally goes to a Papa John's in Spain and says, are you guys okay? Uh, that is when you can actually understand what he's saying because half the time he couldn't be bothered to actually utter dialogue that is intelligible. Um, he's totally sleepwalking through this. Um, And frankly, almost everybody is. We talked about Antonio Banderas, uh, who I love. You know, uh, they they pretty much just told him. The director, you know, Ruben Fleischer, just pretty much, I feel like he just told him, all right, we really love that SNL skit, you know, when the guitar plays and everyone goes, Antonio Banderas. You know, we really like that. So do that with your voice, like over exaggerate, become a character of yourself and then whisper a lot. Also, you can't understand what he's saying because of the whispering. And uh, people will like that and they'll think you're intimidating. And, you know, scene after scene with him, you're more laughing at, you feel like it's an SNL skit making fun of Antonio Banderas. Um, you know, uh, the female leads are, I don't even remember the name of the love interest, if she even is a love interest. Um, uh, I think, uh, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I'm too tired to look it up. I'm so sorry. Uh, but the kind of main bad Girl character, she's kind of exciting and sexy and and fun, but she's about it. I mean, the henchmen are boring, just everything about the film is lifeless. I mean, if you told me that there would be spoiler, whatever, I don't give a shit, uh, you know, a scene in which two helicopters are flying around with two ancient sailing ships in the air crashing into mountains and stuff, I would have been like, Well, that sounds pretty fun. No, just like everybody acting in this movie, it's boring, it's sad, it's tired, and no one is trying. And why should I stay awake if you're not going to try? Ring my bell. Okay, I'm ringing your bell. My bad about (laughs) that. All right, there
0: we go, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy a short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network.
1: You've been listening to another fine,
0: fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts. And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on Network.com. All right, welcome back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't. I'm very surprised to find myself in the seat as the Tom Holland defender in this movie when everybody gives me shit to like, oh, boy, you're not going to like this one. You don't like Tom Holland. I got in a, in a Facebook thread, you know, a couple of weeks back when he was proposed to be a possible Oscar host. I'm like, Get that guy. No.
1: Oh, he's remember fine. that. Everybody makes a bad movie. It's OK. He has the chops. Yeah, stop, be, stop being dumb. Or, All right, or but, if you
0: don't give him every cute opportunity in the world, he will survive, and the Oscars can survive without Tom Holland, and Tom Holland can survive without the Oscars. I mean, come on, we we got three people instead of one, right? I mean, who's right. excited about Wanda Sykes? Hey. Huh? Yeah, who? I know, but no. Uh, so I got in a I got in a nice argument with a bunch of I, I'll say them fanboys. I'll call them I'll call them straight out because they just can see no wrong with the precious little cinnamon roll that is tom holland that we have called him on this show shout out to lauren um Indeed. i just i i've said it before and i'll say it again I i i don't see adult charm in this guy at least not yet can he grow into it great but at the same time it, it's he he obviously like you said skill set. It's not quite there yet. He's twenty five. He's still getting there. Some guys are late bloomers in that kind of way. Like the two Spider Men that preceded him are late bloomers. Like no, Toby no. Maguire didn't take a grown up part for a good long time, and it wasn't convincing in a grown up part. And even when he gets grown up parts, like the Great Gatsby, is like a forty year old burnout remembering the old days. Like he's still the mumbly warbly, you know, Toby McGuire. So I, as much as he i feel like doesn't have it he he sort of for a bit here really trying to bring it in this movie and i gotta give him credit but man that script just tears him down every chance they get to just to just ball to just dig him and ball him down and i just oh man it's
1: it's sad i don't want to say i think we're looking at tom holland in different ways because yeah no i think i think some people take. What he can't do and assume that he doesn't have talents. I I think it's all about maximizing your talents. And I think yeah. he has a certain skill set that works when it's there. Now he has done an adult role that I liked. I know you didn't. Yeah. Um, so I have dis I disagree with that a little bit. But I'm also not one of these fanboys that's just like Tom Holland, everything, because I do mm-hmm. think he's miscast in this role. I do not think he is I agree um doing what needs to be done, uh Uh, to to convince me of this and, Mm -hmm. and it, you know, I don't think it's just um, Holland not doing a good job. I really think this film feels very phoned in uh, on a lot of stuff. I, you know, it is a February release and every now and then there's a hit in February, but like this just feels lazy. It feels, I'm not against CGI, but Mm -hmm you can just kind of tell when they're like, Hey, we need a boat scene or something like yeah, it just, yeah. it doesn't feel, you don't feel like there's any energy in this film. There's, there's no energy. There's, there is a, um, there is a scene on an airplane, which I think has a couple mm. of moments that are energizing, but for yeah. the most part, and this is what I was talking about with a couple of friends after the screening. Um, if you're going to do a, uh, a action scene in which you have cargo hanging off of nets mm-hmm. in the air on a huge plane. Um, make sure that you do it better than my all-time favorite James Bond film, The Living Daylights. But <laughs> the problem is The Living Daylights, it's not a problem. The reason why The Living Daylights is fucking awesome, not only because it's a great movie, but because it was a real plane in the yeah. sky with real stuntmen hanging off of Huge pieces of of uh, you know stowage or whatever in mm-hmm, the middle mm-hmm. of the the sky, you know, thirty thousand yeah. feet up or whatever. Like, the, you know, like I said, I'm not anti CGI, but yeah. it just gets to a point where it's just kind of like, you know, are we gonna do this or not? And it, it just feels like they just were like, you know what, we can we can do it but it's not going to look great. And do they really care? The kid, the girls are just going to come and some guys yeah. to see him with his shirt off. And that's, I know it just, yeah. But I mean, what do you think about the performances? Cause I, you, you seem to like Mark Wahlberg in this. I, I really think I, he's no, doing I, the money I'm, picture. No, I'm not.
0: A, I, I think he's being lazy. The, the sequence you're talking about where he's the, the guy on the phone steering things around. And like I said, I lost track of how many times it's like, what's going on. You know, like it's still (laughs) Wahlberg being Wahlberg. And this is him mailing it in. I feel like this is him collecting the paycheck he feels like he earned for being attached to this role for 10 years and never getting the chance to do the real thing. I feel like with a different script, I do think the real Mark Wahlberg could stand up and do this movie. The problem is we've seen Mark Wahlberg kind of do movies like this, maybe not the treasure hunting variety, but the I'm going to be the centerpiece of everything ass kicking wise, where this would just be another Mark Wahlberg movie if Tom Holland wasn't here and this was ten years earlier. Um, it it would work because Mark fits that part, but at the same time we would we would be we would be, we wouldn't have gotten Tom Holland. And I think the guy tries and and he's got the physical tools when he's you know flipping and doing the parkour and all that. Like I know that's about the the lowest end of practical effects that are in this movie. Where if I'm a cinema sins person, you know, counting no. flaws and MSTK three thousand, like mm-hmm. you, the sequence you're talking about with the plane, like a guy could not physically whatsoever jump back forward from dangling pack to dangling pack. As soon as you let go, the fucking wind would take you to <laughs> Switzerland.
1: Well, so, well yeah, but it, it looks great also,
0: that he can like hurdle dudes and things to get back to the plane. Yeah, just dumb. Well, but there's also a from scene where like this, part for the course. So.
1: In that scene, there's also a scene where two characters who are, mind you, falling from the sky in a giant automobile yeah, are Tom having Hall, a yeah. discussion. Yeah. Uh, like like the girl is opens the door, mind you, opens <laughs> the door while the, right. the car, and she leans over to Tom Holland, who's on the hood, and they have a conversation. And I'm I like, know. wait a minute, you're, falling, you're falling from... <laughs> you're literally falling to your death and you guys are having one of those like hey what are you doing here conversations it's like you know it was it's and that car would be
0: twirling in like a whirling dervish like there's no way it would just kind of free fall and float like a fat guy in a parachute not a chance (laughs) but i but i I tell you what though from a from a polished production standpoint the locales are real nice um i think cinematography are they there, yeah, this night nice. I'll go to Barcelona any day of the week in the you know beautiful lush Philippines. Wow, like, Let's I picked some nice spots.
1: I didn't even. Here's the thing. I, I don't even. I was. I, I felt it was so lazy that they didn't even do like establishing shots to let you know uh, where they are. Like, I'm, I honestly I'm okay thought with that, they were seen
0: it a thousand times, and you could see Barcelona, I, Basilica, and all that. Like, it's all there.
1: I honestly felt like they were anywhere. I, I yeah. you could have told me wow. they filmed all the Span- all the Spain yeah. stuff on a green screen, I would have believed you. I got they, no sense that they were in Spain.
0: Sure. oh, I got the Spain stuff I got because they spent enough time there. The Philippines is probably like Florida's backyard kind of thing. So sure. <laughs> um, but no, cinematographer <laughs> Chung Chung Hoon, who did like last night in Soho, he's done some good stuff, uh like the handmaiden. Like I I I'll tip in my, my hat, hat to like the the action that isn't like it's pretty got some visual stability where it's not herky jerky shaky cam of like Michael Bay and all that. Like it's it's crisp, it's bright, it's fake, but at least it's at least I'm not yeah, puking my guts out trying to watch a movie or keep up or it's not hypercutted to the point where we can't tell it's people out there and all that. So but no, a lot of it mm-hmm. still feels mailed in. Like composer uh Ramin Dejuadi who did Iron Man and stuff like I I I couldn't hum you a note of this score if there no. was any kind of adventure level fun there. Um stunt works all right. I I will tip my hat to that. I think that's I, Matrix Resur- Resurrection's team and all that.
1: But um that yeah, it, their stunts were terrible in that movie. The part parkour ter- part I can I can roll with a little bit. What parkour? I, I that was like you're or, not telling me that half the time that was just a CGI dude like that's just oh no i think
0: like. i think you got something in there on that for the for the barcelona stuff and then some of the ship battle Uh-oh. fight stuff is the plane the plane stuff where you can't put a person that's some cgi ho- hokey or green scene hokiness. but well the Where's ladies the- were all, the ladies were all right um the characters you're thinking of uh joe braddock is the hired muscle I villain like that. that's tati gabrielle she's a tv star then you oh, have Then you have Chloe Frazier, who's kind of the tweener, flip-flopping betrayer person. She is a love interest in the Uncharted world of things, or at least a future possible love interest. And Sophia Ali of Grey's Anatomy kind of plays her. They're nice little parts, but neither one of them, like going back to the Holland stuff, like look at Tom as anything attainable. Like he's, like a little a little boy who writes you notes in algebra class. Like that's what they <laughs> that's what they think of him as. Like, I wish that I'm not to say this doesn't have to be James Bond where he beds two women before the end of the movie, but it'd be nice if he like had any smolder given to him other than the shirt off stuff. But it's but this is more like cute boy in gym class shirt off than it is like fuck me eyes Tom Cruise Top Gun shirt off stuff. So yeah, there's
1: no chemistry between no, the none. leads at all. I. You know, you're you mentioning all this stuff and, and I'm not trying to be like negative. I'm just, I didn't notice the stunts because I just felt like none of this was real. Like there was just no, I can understand. I, that. I, I think I didn't notice the stunts because I just was never engaged. Everything feels very flat in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I never got a sense of wonder. I never got a sense of yeah. adventure. I, I just, I really just felt like these were people yeah. just Doing the bare minimum to sell Mm -hmm. a bad script. I, it just, it never connected with me. I I never got any effort out of this or energy from this at all. It felt very flat. And uh, so maybe there is some good work there that maybe I'm overseeing, but I, I literally spent. Uh, half the time, like, thinking of other stuff. I mean, I hate sure. to bring James Bond again, but, you know, talking about parkour, point. I mean, Casino Royale, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. why yeah. even try parkour after that movie? I mean, because oh, parkour know. at that point was already kind of on the mm-hmm. the edge of being cool. So, right. I mean, and they just, they went off with a bang. I mean, because Casino Royale's probably got True. one of the greatest action sequences ever in there. So, it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's. Agree of, with it you, just dude. feels like. It just feels like there's
0: not a sequence of this movie that can hold the torch to a Bourne movie, a Mission Impossible movie, a Bond movie where you're right. Nothing, nothing is so kinetically crazy that you're like that your eyes pop out of your head in terms of like ferociousness of action or things like that. And even the wonder part, like those spoiler alert that they find magellan ships in his gold and that should be a goonies (laughs) times two moment at the end of the movie where the ships are there and you're like holy shit there's two of them and it's all this stuff and and then yeah dijwadi's score does nothing the the characters kind of stroll up there if like i said if we're playing the science people none of those ships you know exposed to the elements should even be standing so Mm -hmm. and let alone (laughs) something you can strap to some helicopters and go play chase with so Yeah, Yeah. that should be wonder and that should be cool and and it yeah it kind of isn't. Well,
1: and I never
0: felt like the characters were clever either. Like, well, okay, there's there's two
1: things. There's two. Yeah, go ahead.
0: ahead. When they're not doing, let's make a Tom Holland joke. There's there's an occasional amount of cleverness. They're like, I think that's the one place where Mark Wahlberg and his you know his little motor mouth can work. Like, when yeah when. Like, ah, it took you that long. Like, you know, just little things that aren't the youth jokes. Wahlberg's mm-hmm. got okay little cadence there. But I'm,
1: you can keep going. I'm, I am i kind of think I know where you're going. Well, okay, there's two things that should be at play in a movie like this because, and here we go again, you know, other impressive movies, Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that happens in all these Indiana Jones movies, uh, especially Raiders and Last Crusade, the two best ones, Um There's always moments of like, can you trust this person? Or you kind of, you kind of feel that tension of like, you know, the the characters interacting, you're like, I can feel that I, like the audience also distrusts characters, but they still like them Mm -hmm. too. It's like, do I really trust Indy's father? I mean, he's a good guy, but do I really trust him? You know, do I trust the woman that's with him in Last Crusade? Do I trust the guy at the beginning that's his guide in Raiders of the Lost? Like, you know everybody that comes onto the scene, like there's like this cool factor, but there's also this kind of level where you're like, I'm not sure if I can trust them. Yeah. And in this one, it's almost like they play the tr- distrust game because they're telling us to. It's like you trust yeah. Mark Wahlberg, he you shouldn't trust him, and he's yeah. and he's like, well, you shouldn't trust a uh, vaguely attractive girl that I know because mm-hmm. you can't <laughs> trust her. You know, Like right. they're telling us instead of making us feel it, and like and all the turns are expected. It's like when the girl turns on that. them. It was yeah. like, okay, when is she going to be good again? You know, mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, he's going to have his moment where you think he's turning, but he's really going to be good. He's going to do a good thing in the end. Like, there's yeah. never any stakes, no gray area with yeah. any of these characters. But the other thing is, is, and I'd like to hear how you push back on the clever part. But okay, like to me. There's kind of a heist element in the beginning of the film that Mm -hmm. sets things up where they're trying to get this cross thing, right? Yeah, the auction. It's it's at an auction, and you're kind of like, it's. And this goes to the, you know, Mark Wahlberg just, you know, saying like, okay, for this shoot, I'm just going to sit in a chair and and make funny (laughs) jokes,
0: right? Because there's never run the clock, right? Yeah,
1: right. There's never any moment because he's like, hey, I need you to cut the lights out, and yeah, you know, you're kind of thinking at one point, you're like. Well, doesn't mark Wahlberg have to be like a little more active here like so he's mm. gonna do something magic like by sitting in a <laughs> room full of people like it doesn't make any sense and like you know they make a gum joke and then you're like oh, oh he's using gosh. the gum yeah. to he's using the gum to jam up the door but like first of all like how would he know that even works that's not why he has the gum like mm-hmm. i just feel and then it's like hey cause a distraction and then he kind of uh, floats around on some lights and then yeah. Mark, Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg just changes his jacket in public in front of everybody yeah. and suddenly he's an usher that can get <laughs> yeah. away with something. it just it doesn't feel clever like it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like like in heist films you got to feel like they're doing something clever or yeah. there's a sense of danger it's like he gets away with it so easy and there's really no skill to it. it's all luck and happenstance yeah. and it just it doesn't feel very interesting and and then, you know, like I said, I didn't even notice the parkour because I was just like, "Oh, it's just a chase sequence, mm-hmm. you know uh and just it all and then I think of last Crusade when I think of look, I'm talking about another atrocity, uh ready player one, right all right one one of the big uh discoveries in that movie is that the the kid or whatever goes underneath the the racing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, play remember. playground or whatever. And that's the big mystery is, you know, Oh, you got to go under it, you know? And, and to me, it's kind of like, you've got, you've got what? 6 billion people that use computers in this world and not one person could figure that out. Uh-huh. And, and, and here's the thing, like when I think of last crusade, like it, there's that great scene in the library, right. Where they're playing with light and books and they're like mm-hmm. measuring things up. And then, like, you find out, oh, shit, X marks the spot. Like, it's so obvious that it's this gigantic X on the floor Mm -hmm. in this library that no one would really notice. Because you're not (laughs) standing up on the top of the roof looking down on it. You know what I mean? Like, it took, like, some precision and some smarts and some knowledge. This one, it's like, no one. there's two instances. It's like, no one saw this shit in a church or a rave club ever. Mm-hmm. And connected these dots And then the big one is There's a gigantic cave I know In the middle of the fucking ocean Like, mm-hmm. first of all, it's not like it's this hidden cave Where you gotta go no, underwater and everything It's like a gigantic a, cave a water door and a
0: roof door And you can't find the two yeah, ships and, and in and 500 years Come on
1: yeah, You're yeah. telling me nobody came across this cave No one went in the cave mm-hmm. And noticed, oh, there's a little passageway Under those rocks And never found this like it's yeah, it's absurd and especially because once you're in there, once you're in the the cave, you find out that there's a giant opening in the cave (laughs) that that lets the helicopters pick up the ship. It's like, wait a minute, no one ever thought to go into that cave. Because there's obviously trees coming out of it and wildlife, like but big, big enough to fit two Spanish
0: galleons out the roof. Come on, right? So, yeah, you,
1: no one's ever explored that in the history. Like uh-huh. these are these are all uncharted islands. Give me a freaking break! Yeah. Like it's just it I, doesn't I, make any sense.
0: I, I I can't push back against that with you. You know, um, the 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 cleverness is maybe how the characters play it a little bit, but no, what you're describing is is not compelling. Is extremely telegraphed in terms of what we're going to do, where yes. it's going to go, and you're right. There's very little risk and peril to any of the twists. I, it, like for the biggest twist of the whole movie to be one villain turning on another, and even that, that is good. pretty weak. It, that was good. I, but I, I thought still it was really good weak sauce. Yeah,
1: I know, but I I thought that was pretty cool because they did a good job, even though the character is bland and it's Antonio uh-huh. Banderas. Um. Doing his whispery menacing thing mm-hmm, that's not mm-hmm. very effective. He's very he's obviously phoning it in. Yeah. Um, it was a, a nice surprise. I was like, oh, yeah. like he's suddenly gone. Like, oh shit, the main villain is not the main villain. Like it was mm-hmm. it was kind of a nice little touch that I appreciated yeah. for 15 seconds, and then the movie continued, and that then was I was it. like, Oh, well, this is stupid. Um, but no,
0: but, the yeah, um yeah, but like yeah. but clue everything comes so easy. Like yes. there's oh, one, there's like one drowning bit for two seconds on their little underground versus top of the ground, you know, you know process of getting to where they're going, but that's it. And right. we, we've seen the drowning bit peril thing before we know. She's sure. wake up. Like it's just overplayed underdone and just, it just doesn't play. And even like you said, even the unlocking things that come later just don't are are all too easy, and I and I and I'm like, oh great, you know. Here we we always talk about how movies, at least you and I have talked about it, where movies spoon feed. Unfortunately, are our, mm-hmm. our dumb, slow, need everything handed to them fans nowadays. Where would it kill you to shroud a little mystery into something if anything you get in a, a fantastical effect if you ever tried it and oh, committed he, to it and you and this movie can't
1: oh there is a moment i laughed out loud
0: yeah which uh, one
1: you you know it you'll know it when i talk about it so mm-hmm. he's he's on the ship and if the ship's flying through the air and he's trying to figure out something <laughs> to do with like to to kill the helicopter or whatever Mm-hmm. And there's literally a scene, and you can you can tell that uh, Tom Holland went to a recording studio one day and ADR'd this. Is the camera the the camera looks down at a um, little uh, pile of gunpowder, yeah. and suddenly you you see Tom Holland. It's a shot of him looking at the ground. Then it looks at the ground, and then in the voiceover it goes gunpowder. Like, <laughs> and then he picks it up and you're like yeah no one would say that like yeah. no one like no one's gonna go like oh gunpowder like you might uh-huh. be like oh, you might go oh cool like and point to yeah. it but no one's gonna go naming gunpowder i know you know. and it's it's Cause it's, it's cause somebody somewhere someone somewhere in the
0: script said well what did he pick up you know like just right he, I, <laughs> I could i could see the dailies and the whatever the studio heads or target audience being like i don't understand what he's picking up and like shut the fuck up and like let, let something play out or i mean also another piece of scientific archaeological pure dumb luck of like a cannon fucking working you know like come on oh,
1: god they play with yeah. it that it doesn't and maybe if they yeah. stuck with that like where it doesn't work like okay let's do something else that would have yeah. been funny
0: and they get yeah, yeah,
1: works they're- and yeah uh. But yeah. when you talk about
0: the blandness or just the 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 unsharpness of it, to me, it goes to the two little re- reoccurring gags. And that's the bubble gum and the fucking lighter where, like, could mm. you get dumber than the gum thing? Which I, I, I in my review, I made a joke to I don't know if you remember the Roland Emmerich Godzilla where like sure. Jean, Jean Reno hands out all the like the sticks of juicy fruit to his troops. They're like, you know, like, what are you giving them gum for? We look more American. And like, they get to the security, they get to the security checkpoint and all the, all the whatever this country, I think it's France, that John Reno and all the people they're from, they're all like, you know, gum, gum chomping American soldiers with their guns and their hands and their helmets on. And like, it works for that little bit and gag in a monster movie. Jesus. In this movie, it's like, what's with the gum? And like, like you said, how would you know to use it? And then there's like, why don't you put it in your martinis? Like, maybe I will. Like, dude, the gum, like you, you just, you just don't look slick with the gum yeah and then the lighter yeah. thing doesn't look slick like you you know if you're gonna do the lighter thing you gotta like the lighter should be a cool thing like it it, it always works because it's your brother's lighter like it's just a another just want two more bits of things that just ah uh, just there's shrink, a lot of bits in this movie. character you know there's
1: a lot of bits in this movie that do not work like well uh, and to talk about the lighter thing i i probably mm-hmm. pissed off some people nearby it wasn't a very packed press screening thankfully it's a yeah but but i was sitting next to a couple people and i uh he's messing with the lighter in one scene and i i loudly whispered so everyone could hear me to my friend collins i went i wonder if this will come into play later like you know what i mean like it's it's light when it needs to it's too obvious and then the other Uh one was the app thing i was like okay he'll find him because of the app because he Uh mentions you keep all your apps open. You know what I mean. Like, also, so, over, over, overtelling everything. Right, and there's yeah. a lot of bits. There's like a bit with a cat, which is unfunny. There's a mm-hmm. bit about the gum. The gum thing keeps coming up. Like at, at I one know. point, at the, end, it. Yeah, at the end, yeah, at one point at the end, Tom Holland's like, "I'm going to give you my last piece of gum," and yeah. Mark Wahlberg's like throwing it out the window, like he's disgusted with gum because it's such a stupid thing to be to like it gum. Stupid. And I'm like, what? Like, who gives a fuck? Like, like it's just—it's so <sighs> weird. Yeah, and I just, yeah, the cat it's, thing doesn't make sense. And no, there's the cat
0: thing doesn't make sense either.
1: That's a wasted thing. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, it, it's and, yeah,
1: and everything's plot convenience because uh, oh yeah, when, when they have one of the. By the way this makes no fucking sense (laughs) Uh, when they have to go to the Papa John's in Spain and Mm -hmm. they've got a glass covered, uh, you know, part of how to get into this place or whatever, which is ridiculous because if they, if they're putting modern buildings in here, you figure they're going to go behind a wall and put some plumbing in or something and find the secret hatch, but whatever, you know, he shoots it like four times, throws a chair at it. It doesn't break. Uh But then like in the fight scene, Right before everyone's about to drown, he throws the girl into it, and oh, of course, no. her body That'd shatters be. the glass. Yeah. Like Bullshit. It's uh-huh. it's just silly. It it just if everything's for convenience' sake. Mm-hmm. Everything is, and like you said, telegraphed is the right word. This yeah. this yeah. shouldn't be called uncharted. It should be called telegraphed. Yeah. That's what <laughs> it is because yeah. everything is predictable. Um, I will say in its favor. One thing that I thought was pretty neat was that you don't find the brother in this one. I know they're trying to no, set up for a I, sequel, but
0: I, man, I tell you, I was waiting for
1: that shoe to drop too. Man. Yeah, like, I, I was expecting the entire movie for the brother to pop out at the end and be like, I've been here the whole time, you know, like, or whatever. And they didn't yeah, do like, that. And like I, the I think the Knight
0: touch. waiting on the Magellan's deck. Like, Hey, you finally got here little bro.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was no, that was like that too. Yeah, I also was expecting when we met Mark Wahlberg, I was thinking because the brother was gone for so long that maybe that would be the twist, is that Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg is the brother, but then yeah. I realized that would be... He, however, I didn't feel bad for thinking how illogical that is because this entire movie is illogical in itself, so it could be Wouldn't something Wouldn't put it past him, oh, yeah. right? Wouldn't put it past him, yeah, exactly. So I don't know, like, we were coming up with all these better movies, but I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. plenty of films that, you know have elements of famous films that come before it and we don't think about the other films because there's either like a level of craftsmanship or energy or a, a fresh take on this one it i literally feel like with the direction of this it just feels like they were just like hey we've got Oh, hey, we cut the budget down a little bit. We only got eight hours to shoot today instead of 10. Mm -hmm. What's the fastest way we can direct this?
0: Yeah, oh, you got gum and a cat. I can work with it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, there's there's
1: something so lazy about it. It's just like there's no attempt at any point to you know be like oh they 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 did that scene from indiana jones but better for for Mm -hmm. they did it for the 21st century you know
0: yeah we we said it earlier nothing in here is better than a born movie a mission impossible movie or a bond movie and you kind of need to at least flirt with being cooler and better if you're gonna if you're trying to draw an audience or be taken seriously and you just can't
1: yeah and uh, that comes down to i mean i shouldn't say it has to be rated r or something because indiana jones is not rated r and uh uh, the, the bond the films sure. aren't rated r you know yeah. uh, is the game I, I don't know anything about the games what there's do you enough, know about the games? there's
0: enough violence in there i mean i i took a youtube two youtube primers yesterday before the screening and that's oh, really? what I forgot, where where sure. dudes are cussing in, and people are cussing and shooting each other in bloody you know headshot kind of ways where hmm. it could get more violent than this little cupcake match yeah for sure
1: What do you think then, Uh since you are more of an expert than I am on it, just watching two videos, (laughs) right? because I know nothing about it. All I know is I've seen some screenshots, and I know that a lot of people were petitioning for Nathan Fillion to be this character. Yeah, I know that, so I kind of know what he looks like, like his video game visage, Mm -hmm. but I don't know anything about the gameplay, any of the story. Like, how does Tom Holland rank? I'll
0: give you a character description here. So... Character description Caucasian male, dark brown. Uh, here, hold on, you get to, uh, to the right. Caucasian male, dark brown hair, eyes that have changed throughout the games, whatever. Belina grew. Um, about tan, 5'11, um, mm-hmm. maybe as tall as 6'2 in another game. Face is square and angular with a cleft chin and squinty eyes. Hair is short and spiky, five o'clock shadow. Personality wise dry humor even in dangerous situation sarcasm is kind of a slight front for what is a dark past behind him um <laughs> self-educated in history and languages um you know uh can let his emotions get the best of him especially in times of great stress when things don't go well for him mm-hmm. unable to remove his obsession with treasure hunting da 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 da, da like that no miscast miscast
1: cast. Missed cast. Yeah all yeah. the way i don't Let's, even have but,
0: to see the visual because no if you go look at a picture and unfortunately it is a nathan fillion's wit with mark Wahlberg's looks it, it really is that like you this know, is scott and, eastwood. and if you were to do it today with somebody young enough but scott eastwood is you know a pretty wooden actor where i wish but at the same time he can't hang so
1: well um you know the other thing is and like i said i'm a tom Holland fan so when i say mm-hmm. all this stuff it's it's about utilizing the talents yeah the other thing is i think to get cuz he doesn't do this anytime else in the movie all right um but in the opening sequence which you end up going back to like at and the I end
0: hate, of the movie i hate when movies do that
1: right i hate it too yeah. but it's almost like it's almost like it was designed to I feel like, and I could be wrong, this is just what it feels like. I feel like you know how sometimes movies will release like the first nine minutes on YouTube mm-hmm. or something. Yep. I feel like they did this, they reshot it or redid some audio or something to have that purpose because Tom Holland is doing the Peter Parker in that scene. Yes, yes. um uh, he's going, Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, sir. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. he never does that again. Like, he never does that throughout the rest of the movie. He's always kind of, and I say this in terms of how he's trying to act in this, yeah. and it's not coming off very well, but he's he's pretty cool and collected in the movie. Like, his character, like, he's not like, oh, sorry, Mr. Stark. You yeah. know, like, that's what he does in that opening sequence. It's really off putting. And I remember mm-hmm. I was like, because he starts, his first line of dialogue goes, oh, crap. And yeah. then he's like, oh, sorry, it was an accident. I, it's just, yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like,
0: the, the blather Dude. and the dither of the young kid.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is Peter Parker. Like, are you trying oh. to get that audience in? Because as soon yeah, as that opening sequence. they goes, are, too. They're, they're right. on the but heels of Big Hit. You know they are. Well, no. But what I'm saying is I feel like they did that scene that way only to promote the movie. I agree. Like, it, it feels like a like a marketing thing. Yeah. Like it's because, like, hey, right. we'll release the first nine minutes of the movie. Everyone will see that it's Tom Holland being Peter Parker mm. with funny stunts in action. He's going, Oh, sorry. And then and then we'll get to the real character once people check right. into the movie. Because yeah, he's never like that again. The whole But month. I but I admit the cool and calm
0: and collected version of him that is the man of action gave me hope. Like, hey, he mm. can maybe hang here until everyone like I said, until everyone else dogs.
1: Well, you don't know, make it. With, every, with not, every
0: dumb joke in the world of the kid stuff and the puberty jokes, like all and, the things listed early.
1: And I know this isn't like a great comparison, but like there are phases to people's career. I mean, right. like, okay, so one person I think of a lot because they went through a complete 180 in terms of what they were doing in their projects is Hugh Grant. Okay? That's right. So Hugh Grant was the dopey. Uh, stumbling, Mm -hmm. bumbling goofball, right?
0: That's right. And
1: he wrote that for a long time. And then suddenly, like, you know, I I don't know. We're talking 2002. So, you know, he had hit his, what, his prime, what, mid-90s? You know, he was doing that thing.
0: Yeah, Hill. Yeah, mid to late 90s,
1: you bet. Yeah. And then he does About a Boy. And suddenly he realizes, holy shit, I've actually got a pretty caustic wit and I can be right. an asshole, That's and right. suddenly they start casting Hugh Grant as the sarcastic, like complete switch. Mm-hmm. I think, I think now here's why I've always defended Tom Holland. You're saying that he's not adult enough yet. I not think yet. he can. I think he can get there. He I can. Think he, I think he has that. the talent to get there. The problem is this role is, I think, five years too early for him. I agree because. He is, unfortunately, or not, I I mean, he does a great job at it, but he is kind of the Peter Parker right now. Yeah, I know. And he's going to need to grow out of that. And I'm glad that it gives you hope on it. My problem is is because, like I was was using Chris Pratt as an example, like the reason why Star-Lord is one of my all-time favorite characters, and it's such a phenomenal performance, is because it mixes vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, it, It has some macho toughness, arrogance, sadness you know, and funny and comedy, you know, it finds a way to have all these multifacets, right? So when they're they're casting Jurassic World, they go, "Mm, okay, Chris Chris Pratt uh, looks buff, like that. I like the action parts of Star-Lord. Let's take the humor out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's take the vulnerability out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's take the, uh, you know, um, uh, the confidence out. Or yeah. not the confidence, but like the misled confidence, because like <laughs> yeah. Star, Lord, Star Lord was always interesting because like it's like he could take care of himself, but then he would also do really stupid things. and, yeah. and then, Whereas
0: so, Owen in Jurassic World does nothing wrong. Like right, he is he a superhero every hero. time he does it. He he's super
1: basically a superhero. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and it's just like, and then I and then the other example I used was Ben Affleck. I remember when they put Ben yeah. Affleck in Armageddon, and. Yeah. I was kind of like, <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, the the end scene in Armageddon, you know, when he's saying goodbye to Bruce Willis, I mean, that makes me cry. I mean, that's, but that was Ben Affleck. That was using Ben Affleck's, Ben Affleck has a wonderful intensity to him, especially, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they were like, oh, let's use that. And they used that. But the problem is, is the hour and 50 minutes before that moment, they were yeah. trying to make him a, not even a quippy, action star they were just like he's a rough and tumble you know um,
0: the bumbling rookie yeah yeah, and and it just didn't work because it's not his
1: strengths you know and and he's
0: they're all movie going what the hell man i can't yeah he's got a little bit of that peter parker sorry and bummer and nothing works and that's why
1: that's why even though it gives you hope for what you see in this movie it doesn't for me because i feel like this the jurassic world syndrome where i feel like it's like that's a good it's comment. calling it's calling attention to itself because it's saying oh look tom holland can flip drinks around and and flirt yeah. with girl. he can flirt with right. girls and he can you know he can parkour and he can it, it's almost like they're trying to convince us that he's something he's not and mm-hmm. it, it's trying way too hard and it's just like i just never bought it and so i like that i'm glad that you're seeing how that could lead to the positives i just right. think it's To me, it dragged it down because I was just like, this is not the Tom Holland I know right now. And it's different than, say, like, you know, Mickey Rourke or something Mm -hmm. completely changing, like, you know, doing something like The Wrestler or, you know, or even somebody like, you know, Jerry Lewis and King of Comedy or someone really trying to change. Mm -hmm. This is more like Tom Holland's hot right now. Yep, Let's put him in a movie. He'll do things that he's really not used to doing, but people will buy it because they want to see a serious helmet. It's like, there's just no, like, you know, if maybe he was selling some kind of different energy, and this is why I like Cherry, because I think he's actually trying in Cherry. Like, I think he's... I,
0: I, hey, I'll, I'll tip trying. my hat. He's trying, but it... it, oh, it I see more... The, the effort is there. Always has been with that kid. That kid really is a try-hard guy. But not uh, in this he, movie, though. This is what I'm saying. I don't feel I that in this he,
1: movie.
0: Uh, well unfortunately with the material he's given and having to respond to you know the the script that just saddles him with youth he he does try through through it to God, just push through some appeal like mm. his charisma never goes away luckily and i admit i do have hope for the future and i know the movie teases as such with its you know post credits and all that where <sighs> you could tell you could tell they want a franchise and i don't know about you but i i saw that playstation studios logo at the beginning of the movie where we got hasbro part two right now where what else is coming? And that are they going u- to use this? Uh, that's the first time I've seen it.
1: Yeah, so are I they going to universe imagine. this
0: whole Sony stuff up? And I'm not surprised Sony would try. But yeah, uh, this could. So be do, do you think? Things.
1: Do you think this will go the way of Sonic and be a mega success that'll spawn sequels, yeah. or do you think this will be a hiccup?
0: I, I think I don't think this is going to bomb. I think in the, I think there's enough easy breezy big screen fun. To and Holland's appeal to yeah, this will make enough to get a sequel if it's not already greenlit already. uh Yeah, I think this will hang. How long will it hang? This isn't mm. going to be Fast and Furious where we're going to get twenty years and ten films. I yeah. I would love I would if they could if they could mature. Uh, it'd be fun to get Holland maturing in the role, but we'll never get that. But I think you get a I think you get a double. I think you get a one sequel and we'll, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I I guess another comp could be like I need you know, if that other, happens, I need a I well, I don't mind Ruben Fleischer's kind yeah. of action directing, but you need a different script than what we're doing just pasting gags together and with no peril and just I, dumb I, jokes. Like I, I need wanna, a different script or it doesn't work.
1: I want to talk about Ruben Fleischer in a second, but I was gonna say like another comp might be let's take those Okay, Sherlock Holmes movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I get the feeling that the first one made money because of RDJ. Like it was like, exactly. okay, he's got that hit, right? Yeah. So and then it made a sequel, and then we're never hearing about that thing again. I can totally right. see that happening with this yeah, one. Yeah. Like it's like it'll it's gonna make it, enough money and then I'll make a sequel and then. Sequel.
0: And yep. that one will be guardier than this one. And we'll all be like, oh, okay, that's too much. And you Or know.
1: another video game one, like the uh, Angelina Jolie Tomb Raiders. You know, the first yep. one, she was such a big name at that time. The first one made a lot of money. Just they made a her. sequel that no one saw. And then it had to be rebooted like 15 years yep. later. So I can see it going down that path more than like that Fast and the Furious path. Here. But, um, here. but uh, real quick about Ruben Fleischer. Um, I've seen... You know, I've seen Venom. Obviously, I've seen mm-hmm. Zombieland. I haven't yeah. seen a couple of the other ones. Um, there is kind of a visual staticness that I can't explain. Like, if you put this movie mm-hmm. up next to Venom and Zombieland, they kind of have that same well, veneer to them. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? I
0: yeah. do. It's like the action, the action, and like the the balance between keeping things moving and then let's slow down and have a little sidebar of silliness and venom has its sidebars of silliness, but then it's action that is nothing's like you said, a little bland, a little too easy, nothing operatic enough to pop your eyes out. And then the zombie land quotient I see in this movie is the overexposition. You know, we're, we're, we're a narrator short of it being zombie land again, because I'm waiting for Jesse Eisenberg just to tell me every little thing about what Jesse Eisenberg thinks. Whereas I was waiting for that in this, like, Oh great. is how going to, especially when, where he's falling in the beginning of the movie. I'm like, let me tell you how I got in this situation. You know, like I was waiting for a voiceover. Like,
1: oh, shit. Well, and, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because I wonder if this was handled by a different director, because it, to me, like I like, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I I enjoyed the movie, and I enjoyed it on a visual level because I think the director, Andy Serkis... There you go. ...had a completely different approach to Mm -hmm. how to do the visuals and how to do the action. I agree with that. And he he added a little bit more manic energy. He added some... Like, it wasn't so static. And even if the movie doesn't work for people, I think that the movie has kind of a madcap energy that the first one doesn't, and none of Ruben Fleischer's films really have. So I wonder if uncharted maybe the script won't get any better but i wonder if visually the movie would have more excitement if someone else directed yeah it. you know what I mean? I mean i don't know i don't know I,
0: I should look up the budget of this thing but i'm pretty sure because of the long developmental hell it took to get here i'm sure this movie wasn't cheap but at the same time is there room to blow it up uh, it well cheap, you know though. what you know comparatively to today's movies a 120 million dollar budgeted special effects action adventure count today as cheap where if this is a big hit and they throw two hundo at it you're going to get a bigger louder maybe slicker thing but
1: well here's thinking. it'll here's get a good, there, but we'll see well here's a look i just looked it up i mean who knows how accurate this is but it says 120 million right right so venom let there be carnage which we said is a different director was 110 mm-hmm. so it's 10 million less Modest, and it, right? it seems more it feels like the money's there like this one really feels that's like that's true even down to the marketing, I know this seems like kind of a I know it seems like kind of a a cheap thing to make fun of right now, the whole Bruce Willis thing. <laughs> right. But if if you popped this poster, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't Tom Holland, but everybody else, it was Antonio Banderas, Mark Wahlberg, whatever, uh, maybe take Tom Holland out, put a different actor in. If you just pasted that uncharted poster on a red box mm-hmm. at a Walgreens. <laughs> you would i would have been convinced this was just a you know yeah. cheapy vod like yeah. it it doesn't like you don't feel the budget it because it just right. it feels like people playing computer games it just doesn't feel yeah. real or
0: anything and yeah. you said it earlier on the screen like what what not just like you're talking about locations being utilized to their fullest or that boat stuff and the the island stuff could be anywhere likely not the philippines whereas a genuine like mission impossible movie or a bond movie would take you to a legitimate place and show the fuck out of it off in a oh, gorgeous man. way. Like you'd see the money, you'd see the decadence on screen and you're right. There's not, there's not much of that here. Um, Maybe that's budget restrictions. Maybe that's, but I think it's more lack of lack of originality, lack of depth, lack of effort. We've said it. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, can we stop talking about Uncharted now? Yeah, I don't want to talk about yeah. Uncharted anymore. My so. closing was
0: like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I have, I don't, I like the teasers. I know the teasers mean the brothers coming, but at the same time, like, I, I'll, I'll watch another one of these. I'll give it a shot, but at, I, but at the same time, uh, we'll. I don't know. I don't know what's going to come. Like you said, it depends on how this turns out. If it's a modest success and we get a modest sequel where it's just kicking the can down the road for the sake of contracts and people. Okay. If this blows up and be, it becomes a big hit and they throw every, they throw money and glamor at it and it's becomes a bigger, louder, cooler thing. All right. I'll watch that too. So,
1: but well, yeah. I, I, you know, I will not, I will wait. For, I will, if they do a sequel, it's not something if I get a press screening to it, sure. I'll go. Cause I don't have to pay for it. Right. But if it's something where I'd have to pay, I would wait until streaming for a sequel. Mm. I just, Don't want to spend the time, you know, uh, time, time is too short and too precious for me to waste on this. So I, I am on the opposite end of that. I, I can wait for video (laughs) for the next one. So, um, so yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, follow us. We're we're so excited about uncharted. Um, uh, (laughs) by the way, my letterbox review, uh, was, uh, more like unfarted. Am I right? Uh, that's all I could come up here. with. My
0: my good one was, uh, what was this? my little Rotten Tomatoes line? Uh, I got it right here. Uh, what should be the second coming of Indiana Jones comes off more like a graduation and gender swap of Dora the Explorer.
1: Holy shit. Wow. And yeah, Dora the Explorer, the movie, was actually pretty good. But we That was good that. compared to this. I'd watch I that laughed, I'd watch I it. laughed my ass off in right. that movie. Uh, anyways, sorry. Okay, follow us on Twitter at CinephileFit and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast. Also find us both on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and the social media participation. Cinephile HissyFit is a 25YL media podcast, and import- most importantly, it's brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Thank you, Mitch. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes. If you enjoyed this show, uh- oh, wait. I, I can see you editing the document as I as I say this. Um, not only are we on Rotten Tomatoes, but we are on the new Banana Meter as well. So check that out. Uh, it's a new thing going around. It's gaining a lot of steam. Um, it's kind of like a nice alternative. I think it gives a little bit more exclusivity to different brands of people yeah. you know uh in yeah. terms Podcasters of casters and people who
0: would normally not be on big outlets for rotten tomatoes yeah
1: yeah so banana meter is also cool to check out as well uh if you enjoyed this show rubinations Radio network has more where that came from we have a lot of great programs on here um lots of interesting hosts cool stuff um our show and others are available on itunes spotify and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts